0: You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck! The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. Welcome back for another shift on The Geek's Watch. We are still talking about Philip K Dick's Electric Dreams on Amazon. John, what did you think of episode 6? S- no, six. It's 5.
1: Is it 5? It's 5.
0: Yeah. Okay, episode 5 for us, episode 1 for the BBC.
1: Oh, this was the first one they saw?
0: The Hoodmaker.
1: Oh. I liked the I thought this was a good return to form after last week's like what the fuckery. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it definitely wasn't a what the fuckery like the like the last one, but uh, uh we'll we'll have to um we'll have to see what uh what happens. So, uh we we'll, we'll talk about it more when we get to that part. But let's talk about some geek news first. So, a lot of stuff happened this past week. First thing is did you see the article that said that Sony actually owns over 900 characters from Marvel because of the Spider-Man deal?
1: I didn't even think there was that many in total. I mean, I guess it's like if you, I, I, I mean,
0: if you take into account like, I don't know, like a random principal and like you know, Mary Jane's mother and you know, I don't know other stuff like that. I mean, if I guess that stuff counts, like Gwen Stacy, Gwen Stacy's dad, uh, Gwen, uh, Captain Stacy's brother, like. Maybe that's how you so get like to nine hundred.
1: Like extenuating relations, basically. I mean, but
0: how? I mean, other than I mean, I can see like the all the rogues and stuff like that. His rogue gallery is huge, but it's not going to get you to nine hundred.
1: I mean, yeah, they must be talking about like you know if there was ever a named teacher in one of right Peter exactly. Parker's like high school classes and that person now belongs to Sony. (laughs) well with
0: that you know the have sony has been saying or at least the the, how how the headlines have been reading is that sony is like oh this this character is going to get his own movie that after venom this character is going to get their own movie like so they're going to be taking that uh silver and black store uh movie that they were going to do they shelved it now they're going to split it into two so it's going to be just a black cat movie and then a silver sable movie we're gonna have a Silk movie. We're supposed to have a. Uh, they they went. They hired a a writer for the a Craven movie. They uh they there's gonna be a Morbius movie as we saw we heard Jared Leto was talking about. There's going to be a Night Watch, Night Watcher, movie, which I believe was supposed to be Spike Lee directing. I don't know if that's true or not. I might have been making that up in my head.
1: Is that Miles Morales's uncle? No,
0: that's the Prowler. Oh, okay, but yeah. So there's just about everybody is getting a movie in the Spider-Man universe over there at Sony except for Spider-Man. How do you feel about that?
1: Well, I mean, you don't want to bite off too much because then you just have a lot of glut and low-quality movies. I mean, if they made them direct-to-video, that probably wouldn't be so bad, like maybe something more Netflix-style. Uh, oh okay i guess i can't imagine how interesting a silver sable movie will be I, as much I mean, as i'd like to see somebody wearing that chrome bodysuit, international
0: mercenary i mean it could be interesting i, I mean Lee, leon the professional that's a he's a hitman it's kind of the same thing as a mercenary
1: yeah but he's not a sexy white-haired lady though so wouldn't
0: that make it better
1: in theory but <laughs> i don't know
0: All right, Uh, I I don't know. I just think it's it's hilarious, and I think I obviously think that it's it all depends on whether or not Venom does well or not in the theaters. So October comes around, everybody goes sees Venom. We're gonna see more Sony Spider Man movies. If uh, it doesn't do well, maybe they'll be like, hey, you know what, Disney? Would you like to pay us for these characters back? So
1: now. With that being said, with the recent announcement that Venom's going to be PG-13 instead of rated R, uh-huh. uh, do you feel like that might have any effect on its box office performance?
0: I honestly don't. I mean, I think the people that love Venom are already we're already going to go see Venom whether or not it was R or PG-13. PG-13 allows you to get uh, you know sixteen year olds to go see the movie too, so. If anything, it's going to help the box office. I, I I, don't... Look, I like Logan. I like Deadpool. But did those need to be R-rated? I don't think Logan did. Deadpool, it's It's arguable, but I really don't think Logan did.
1: Well, Logan didn't need it for the language. If you were going to do it for the violence... There I mean, should
0: have been more violence than if, the, yeah. if they were going to do it for the violence. Like, Yes, you got to see him stab a dude through the head, but it wasn't all that graphic
1: no and i think there's like a blink and you'll miss it shot of boobs in one part early on so i mean that also kind of justified it right there but there could have been more
0: yeah exactly there could have been more so i I don't know i don't think the venom because it's i mean what we saw from the trailer so far like the there's that one part where he's in the bodega and he's holding the dude and i guess we're supposed to assume that he Chews on that guy or swallows a yeah, mole like or just let him go. his face or something. Yeah, you know? so but that
1: could go any number of ways. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be better if they just cut to something else and it's just left to us to wonder like the venom, like make out with the dude or <laughs> kill him. I don't know. It's better to just leave it ambiguous.
0: So we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how it's going to affect the box office. I, I definitely think that it's, it's a, a decision. For their benefit in the future. Uh, That way it can better coincide with the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe if that seems to happen.
1: I think of it this way. That the Passion of the Christ need to be rated R?
0: I don't know. I never saw it.
1: Well, I did. And okay. it definitely didn't need to be rated R. <laughs> but it made all the damn money back then. It, it did, like but that's because one.
0: people were like, you know, it's okay. You can see this brutality because it's Jesus.
1: You know, I feel like that sends exactly the message that they did not intend to. That, w- that, oh, I, we can justify bloody death and violence as long as the... I'm pretty sure that's
0: <laughs> exactly what Mel Gibson was in, <laughs> was intending when he was making that movie.
1: I was like, as long as it's, it's it's meant to be wholesome, you can get away with anything.
0: It's teaching you a moral. Yeah. So, Legendary is developing, and this is this is this is the this is the this is how much superhero movies and comic book movies are are becoming such a staple in what we see in the theaters now. Like, I mean, you just think about like how we see something just about every other month that's comic book related. Legendary is making a superhero movie, not based off of anything in particular, but it's a superhero movie heist movie where a bunch of guys or a bunch of criminals uh, decide, "Hey, let's rob," and let's in in air quotes Batman. So they're gonna break into said superhero's lair and rob him or burglarize him. So uh, it's going to be helmed by the. Filmmakers that made a uh, Untitled heist project called Bad Day for the Cut which apparently Was very popular
1: So it's untitled but it has a title
0: uh, Yeah, Untitled wait, see. <laughs> No it has closed a deal on a un- Untitled heist project from Bad Day for the Cut filmmakers Sorry oh. my bad I read that wrong Anyways what do you think about that What do you think about A, a superhero heist movie or a heist On a superhero
1: I'm more interested in the fact that it doesn't sound like it's based on any pre-existing property. Okay, just the idea or the conceit of superheroes, kind of like Chronicle, for instance. Chronicle, that could be seen as like a superhero origin story,
0: or Unbreakable, Unbreakable.
1: Glass. Uh, was Hitchcock based on something?
0: No. Yeah. Hancock. Hancock. Was okay. Hitchcock? Hitchcock. It's like Alfred Hitchcock, oh, <laughs> you know, he's the, based on the his birds. family. Uh, no, yeah, I don't, I don't believe that Hancock. Yeah, nothing springs to mind.
1: So. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the next big thing is, you know, incorporate the superhero idea, but then just start throwing in your own original stories around it.
0: Yeah, but you want to make sure you don't get things like my super ex-girlfriend.
1: Oh, well, yeah, it can go that way too. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's just that's just bad.
0: Yeah. but uh, Okay, going over to um, Universal, they have shelved the long-going project, uh, with chris pratt called cowboy ninja viking now this is based on a comic book mm. uh, a more indie comic book where uh individuals who have split personalities or multiple personalities are used as like cia hitmen and hit women to you know because they can disguise themselves i guess for whatever okay. reason makes sense uh but yeah they've uh, they had a uh they had michelle mclaren who uh directed episodes of a lot of episodes of game of thrones was attached to direct making her film debut her film directorial debut uh but it's but been put on the shelf over at uh universal so i don't know if they're going to be shopping around to other places if they can or not but yeah it was supposed to be like i think chris pratt was actually being the producer on this movie
1: Yeah, I wonder how it gets that far along in the process where they start casting and then they just decide to shelve it. It's really interesting. It
0: is very interesting. Uh, Cowboy Ninja Viking had been in pre-production when Universal ended discussions with potential supporting cast. Uh, According to sources, the film was expected to be a summer tentpole for Universal, which had had dated it for June 28, 2019. Though sources say that the studio wasn't eager to rush to meet the release date Given that it has franchise hopes for the property, so I mean that and this is all from Collider. If you want to look it up, but yeah.
1: So they're not canning it. They're just kind of putting it on the back burner.
0: N- no, uh, from what I understand, they did. They they ended the discussion.
1: So would this mean that they uh, potentially Chris Pratt could still get it made somewhere else? Yes. Oh,
0: okay. Yes, for, but I mean that would since they were already into pre-production. And if, if they went somewhere else, they would. I would assume that stuff would have to start over again. So then uh, it would be a, a later release date mm. after that. Uh, Hasbro, did you go and see the 2017 Power Rangers movie? I did not. So you know they made that movie, and it didn't do well as well as they thought it was going to. Uh, what was that? That was uh, that was Paramount, and uh, after that the power rangers ip got absorbed into the hasbro uh universe that they're making the the with the what gi joe and transformers and right micronauts and rom the space knight or whatever yeah what they
1: call the toyverse
0: yeah it, i think they're calling it the hasbro universe or whatever but uh, oh it's all spark that's the that's the universe the all spark mm. universe or something like that but yeah, they uh, they've gone out and said that hey, we're going to continue that movie the, that you already watched in 2017. Even though, because when that movie first came out, or right before it came out, uh, what was it? Has Paramount was like, oh, we're going to make five of these movies, and then the movie came out, and then no one went and saw it, and they were like, <laughs> oh, okay, we're not going to make five of these movies, but now we are going to get at least a sequel, according to Hasbro, with that same cast.
1: Well. I I haven't seen the first one. I've heard mixed reviews. Some saying it was fine, other people saying it was horrible.
0: <laughs> fine or horrible? That's you don't yes. get a good or great or anything. No. Like that's just fine. It's, it's meh
1: or blah. Yeah,
0: uh, I would say I was in the meh. I was just like, okay, it's it's what it was. It was it's the fine. Thing. Yeah. Um. I wasn't a big Power Rangers kid though, so.
1: Well, see, and I was. It definitely came out right at the time where I was probably starting to get a little too old to be interested in it. Oh, yeah. Um, and it didn't last much later than like the first season or so okay but i really love the whole you know the five teenagers and with attitude fighting yeah using martial arts and dance moves and gymnastics Mm -hmm. because each had a different whatever skill
0: sure skill
1: (laughs) and um i mean the green ranger was awesome like everybody (laughs) wanted to be the green ranger that guy was just too cool
0: But why? Why would everybody want to be the Green
1: Ranger? He's he's Tommy with long hair. Yeah, he did have long hair for a while. Yeah. Um, I don't know, he was just, I mean, he was like the quintessential 90s representation. He was basically (laughs) like extreme Mountain Dew, you know, with Cooler Ranch Doritos. Like this guy was just (laughs) the embodiment of like the mid-90s that teenage boys wanted to be. All right,
0: fair enough. Uh, they, they, you, at the end of the this 2017 reboot, there was a uh, the after credit scene because the movie all takes place or not all takes place, but the beginning of the movie takes place in detention because these are all kids with attitude. So the end of the movie is uh, the guy, the teacher calling out roll call for uh, you know for the kids that are supposed to be in detention, which has our five kids. And then uh, he's he's yelling out Tommy, whatever his last name was. Oliver, I think. Tommy Oliver, that's right. And it's just an empty seat with a backpack slung over it. So, you know, everybody's like, oh, Tommy was here. But we obviously they never cast <laughs> anybody. They <laughs> cast him, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So. And, like, it follows with, like, the original series. Uh, Tommy gets his powers directly from Rita. And if I remember correctly, I think they tried to set that up where, like, Rita actually has the dragon coin and that's why she has that slightly greenish looking armor. Oh, you're
0: talking about in the movie? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She was the she she was the Green Ranger. She was the Green
1: Ranger. Yeah, yeah and she's going to pass that on to Tommy to work for her. I would
0: assume yeah cuz at the end of the movie she gets defeated so yeah. she probably drops her coin and the you know Tommy probably comes along and picks it up. I I don't know if they'll go as he's an agent of her like they did in the original series.
1: I would imagine yeah that they would have to fight him. Maybe. And and then by the end of it, like he joins their side and uh, oh man, I just imagine a modern looking dragon sword would really be so badass. <laughs>
0: I think that was the, one of the big problems, though, is that people didn't, didn't like the way that the new Zords looked.
1: Oh yeah, they looked like crap. They looked like Transformers. So why why would
0: the new Dragon Zord look cool? Well,
1: because it could be an uh, ability or uh, a way for them to like retcon the look of the things, you know? Like they're they look amorphous enough that they could be like, oh, they've been updated. This is how they look now. Like, them was <laughs> more streamlined, you know? All right. Appearance. Fair, fair
0: enough. Uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home, which is going to be out next June, I want to say. Uh, they have added Samuel Jackson and Colby molders to the cast, so Maria Hill and Nick Fury, not respectively. Um,
1: I'm glad you pointed that
0: out. Yeah. Uh, from everything, it sounds like that it's being because it's being filmed right now. It's saying that because this movie is supposed to take place over in Europe for whatever reason. Like it sounds like this might be more of a Spider-Man spy film for some reason Like maybe a european spy film he's working for a shield yeah maybe whatever. shield gives him some, some kind of a weird assignment to to do so yeah. that he, and he's like oh okay sure which i think goes towards the whole connection to the ultimate universe because in the ultimate universe uh nick fury like finds peter parker and spider-man first before anybody else and he's like look you're not old enough to be a hero." But we're gonna keep an eye on you, and like the the, he, the the Nick Fury there has a lot of interaction with that Peter Parker until the point where he gets killed, that actually sounds like a great movie idea. right? So I mean, it it could, it would de- I think it would definitely it could definitely work out if they decide to go that way because I don't think Downey's supposed to be making an appearance in this movie.
1: Probably not. Pro- I mean, it probably it would doesn't pass the contract.
0: It probably doesn't survive and- after Avengers Four.
1: That's I'm- just me. I'm sure he's not going to make it past Avengers War. I think he's going to get sent out. Yeah. Be kind of cool, though. Maybe, um, you know what? One of my favorite, well, I don't know if I could say this is one of my favorite movies, but a movie that I remember (laughs) from my childhood was the Hercules movie starring Lou Ferrigno, I believe. Okay. As Hercules. And at the end of the movie, Hercules ascends to the heavens and becomes a constellation for like all of his great feats that he accomplished Zeus actually turns him into like the constellation of Hercules okay and I'm like that's what I want to happen to the main Avengers that will be like the Avengers 4 will be the last one they do (laughs) I wanted to just become like immortalized somehow like Tony Stark is like transcending and now he's like
0: now he's Jarvis he's a he's an AI now he's just
1: one with the universe Yeah, he's just the cosmos okay sure (laughs) why not I Stranger Things have happened in Stranger comics. Stranger Things have
0: happened. Actually, uh, in the MC two, uh, little short-lived uh, Marvel comic, where they did like the alternate version of the future, where it started off with uh, Spider-Man's daughter, Mayday Parker. Um, in that universe, their first big crossover event, Captain America has grown old or older, but he sacrifices himself, and Thor throws him into the into the astral space to become a constellation, too.
1: Oh, there you go. So there's precedent there's for this kind of There's definitely precedent, idea. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they all end up in Valhalla with, like, Odin and maybe. Loki maybes in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so, yeah, that's... Uh, talking about characters that don't make it to the next movie, uh, Chris Hemsworth and... Chris Pine. Chris Pine have seemingly walked away from... Uh, production on Star Trek 4. So that's your two Captain Kirks in that universe right now.
1: Yeah. And the two Chrises, too. That's I mean, they are both Chrises, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, well, I mean, do you make anything of that?
1: Yes. Um, it's not looking good for Trek. <laughs> they lose. Uh, Their main star, arguably lead character, and uh, somebody who was kind of tied to it. Um, Assuming, yeah, from the sound of it, it, they wanted to bring um, Chris Hemsworth back uh, in some kind of flashback or some kind of time travel plot line where young, uh, well, Captain Kirk was going to meet his father um, so they could have some big emotional moment. And unless they get really ballsy and just recast it, I mean, it sounds like this could derail plans for Trek 4. From what I've been reading, it sounds like uh, Paramount has been kind of uh, cautious, budgetarily speaking, with uh, Star Trek Beyond kind of underperforming. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to renegotiate the contracts with um, Pine, and also kind of lowball Chris Hemsworth, to which basically the both of them says, um, yeah, we don't need this, and they walked away. So unless they come back with a truckload of cash, <laughs> uh, it sounds like this is probably going to derail the whole thing.
0: Which is interesting because, like, if for, for, for as long as I remember, Chris Hemsworth has been attached, like, to this fourth movie, like, since Beyond came out. Like, they've been talking about him coming back, and yeah, obviously, with Thor Ragnarok being a hit, and then Avengers: Infinity War being what it was, you know, he's he's got the right to ask for more money and, or at least get the money that he was owed and then Chris Pine, you know, being in Wonder Woman and, you know, the th- three previous Star Trek movies. It makes sense that he'd want the money that he believes he's owed. Uh, I don't know if this throws any more credence into um, Tarantino's movie coming out soon or sometime soon, but his his Star Trek film. But uh, what, what was it? The last thing I saw was... Simon Pegg talking about they were working on this the script for this one and then the Tarantino one is probably about five years out
1: yeah the Tarantino one we I think we still don't know exactly what it's going to entail if it's even going to be in the same uh, Kelvin verse or yeah some other offshoot of Trek I mean there's definitely have a whole lot of different. there's a lot of captains out there in Trek that's true you don't have to focus just on this same one for like the past four 50 years but um, that being said I don't know like I I think it'd be cool to see a Tarantino movie that takes place in the uh, the alternate world where you got evil Spock from right like, shattered, that would be kinda, is
0: that, isn't the shattered mirror
1: something like that yeah, yeah. or um, some crazy movie like that has to do with the explanation of what the hell that thing was at the center of the galaxy from Star Trek The Final Frontier
0: <laughs> That's okay. I don't think we need to we need <laughs> all that. It's
1: like what's this God? What's
0: <laughs> a spaceship? Alright, so a subject that you know quite a bit about. We got John Favreau's T V Star Wars TV show is gonna cost reportedly a hundred million dollars and take place on Mandalore between uh or after Jedi but before Force Awakens. Wow. What do, you, what do you make of that? Was, I mean, is there a story that could be there? I mean, is, Yeah. But I thought is, by the time Jedi comes around, isn't aren't all, isn't Boba Fett the last Mandalorian? Oh, no. Oh, okay. He's
1: not the last Mandalorian. He's just the only one that's prominently featured in the movies. But, oh. Uh, no, Mandalorians as a culture have had a lot of ups and downs, and there's a lot. The Mandalorians started getting covered a lot more recently um, thanks to things like the Clone Wars. And then later, a little bit with rebels.
0: And then they have the flag flying in in, in yes. Force Awakens. Yeah, there was kid. a
1: flag of the. Um, uh, I think they call it like the, <laughs> what is it the. Um, oh, what's the name of that stupid animal? It sounds like Triumphosaurus, but that's not exactly right. <laughs> you want to help me out there? What's the name of the the, the Mandalorian uh, skeleton? That symbol, the skull. I I knew 1.2. I just knew that as like the symbol of like Valentine's Yeah, it's like the Epic Saurus or something like that. It's a really stupid name, but So
0: anybody that's listening if you know the <laughs> the name of the animal that's featured on the flag for the Mandalorians? Yes. Is uh we we'd love to know that. So, yeah, there you go.
1: It'll hit me as soon as we're done recording. Probably. But <laughs> yeah. But well, $100,000 for a 100 show. Like $100,000,000. Yeah, $100,000. What am I we thinking? <laughs> it's not a Tesla Model S. I
0: mean, I would assume that each is probably going to be 10 episodes long. So then that what that puts you at, what, $10,000,000 an episode?
1: Yeah, that's definitely a very good start. That's mm-hmm. like Game of Thrones money right there. Yeah, that period leaves a lot to be um, to be examined. Mm. So the fact that they're going to start doing that and the fact that it also takes place between Jedi and Awakens, mm-hmm. that's a... 30 year gap that they have a lot of wiggle room to start telling some stories about what's going on
0: so then okay uh i just had what i was gonna say um if it's taking place between those two points and oh we're we're focusing on mandalore uh i mean do are we gonna be focusing on boba fett is he is he gonna be a part of that
1: oh it's a mythosaur
0: a mythosaur all right yeah but uh Um,
1: yeah, well, that's a very good question.
0: Because, but basically, what I was trying to get to is because everybody's kind of clamoring that hey, we don't want more Skywalker saga stuff. We want other parts of the universe, right? Right. So, if it if it involves Boba Fett, does that mean we're still tied to the Skywalker saga? Not exactly. Even though Boba is pretty much tied to the Skywalker saga at this at this point in the six movies.
1: Well, he was only very tangentially tied to the Skywalker saga through Han Solo. Right. And it was more to do with, um, you know, because he was a bounty hunter that worked for of <coughs> the Hutt and briefly for the Empire. Um, but he really does have a lot more stuff going on um, with, like, the Bounty Hunter Guild. There's a lot of rivalry between a lot of the bounty hunters that you see in *Empire Strikes Back*, uh, particularly between himself and IG88 and Bosque. <laughs> I um, mean, you can do a lot of stuff just between them, and there's been some really cool books that detail just the uh, the goings-on between them. You know, usually competing for the same bounty, or um, in many cases, antagonizing each other. Uh, one of my favorite character moments in almost anything was one time when Bosk thought that Bova Fett put like a bomb in his spaceship and it turned out to just be like it wasn't a joke but it was like a distraction mm. and just the writing of how pissed off Bosk was at the thought that like this was kind of just like a really really bad joke made him wish that it really was a bomb cuz it made him so angry and embarrassed <laughs> that he just wanted to like you know kill him like right then and there but he couldn't because well there was no no way to but mm. it was really fun was, there's some cool antagonism with those guys okay
0: fair enough well they i mean that's the, i guess that's what's being reported is going to be John Favreau's TV show if
1: uh I'm more optimistic about that than I am about the next Star Wars movie so that should say something about that
0: is that's weird how much but more of that becau- is now is that because you you trust or like John Favreau more than you like J.J. Abrams, or just because of uh, where the franchise for the next movie has been going?
1: More about that. Okay. I'm not so thrilled with where uh, Ryan Last Jedi left us behind. And this is something that sounds more like what I want to know about. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely want to start getting caught up with what happened in that time frame in the new canon. Um, they might even explore whether or not Boba Fett is even still alive. We really don't know that for sure in this new canon. There was hints of like uh, Boba Fett style armor being found in one of the recent books Um, in like the deserts of Tatooine. They said they found some some armor with like acid scoring on it that looked like it was vaguely Mandalorian. I'm like, well, that sounds like it's vaguely mentioning that (laughs) Boba Fett either was like spat out by the Sarlacc or maybe he clawed his way out and ditched his armor because it was all damaged. But we don't know. So this, this could be a way to start introducing that
0: fair enough. Uh all right, over at Showtime, the Halo TV series that's being developed. Um they they said that it's not it's not going to be a direct adaptation from any one particular Halo video game, but it will star Master Chief. So, do you play Halo? I used to. Okay.
1: Actually, that's not true. I still occasionally revisit it when I have the nostalgia beans.
0: I think I've played one Halo game my my whole life. the the co- the, mo- the most that I've ever been exposed to Halo is Red versus Blue,
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is, um, yeah, that's I mean it's tangential. But yep. It's, definitely, it's not definitely not the no, story. Nope, the same story. Not
0: at all. So I, I if I watch this Halo TV show, I should not be expecting that. I should no, not be expecting. Yeah, Red vs. it's Blue.
1: not going to be. I'm sure it's not going to be funny.
0: Yeah, probably not.
1: There should be a character named Caboose in the
0: Caboose. In the I always movie. liked Church. I always thought that was a good name.
1: Church is cool. Yeah. You know what though? I'll I'll give it this. Red versus Blue started off as just like a fun little project that Bernie Burns, who I guess at the time was a film student in college, mm-hmm. um, and was working some supervisor job at like a call center. He just did it on the lark. He's like, "Hey, this is kind of cool. We can record ourselves looking like we're talking and just say whatever dumb thing we want." And boy, did that explode. No kidding. And so that whole thing started off as just kind of like the drudgery of, you know, bureaucratic life and, you know, just the mundaneness of, you know, everyday soldier work or whatever. And then it evolved into something else. It actually got way better when they got a dedicated animator that could actually do custom animation for it rather than just a game engine. Right. Right. And then uh, they and then, got I would more. assume
0: they also got the like, rights from Halo or Bungie to be like, hey, yeah, you can actually use these.
1: Well, sort of. That's actually an interesting story. They talk about it every so often that they never had like a full-on agreement. Sony or uh, Microsoft just kind of said, uh, we're not too sure what you're doing, but it seems to be working and it's free publicity for us. So basically, you can keep doing it until we tell you you can't.
0: Well, I mean never, they're making a lot of money off of it so yeah. I mean was it uh Cockbite? No. Cock bite. Uh Rooster Teeth. Rooster Teeth, thank you.
1: I mean that's that's what it represents <laughs> right. but they call it Rooster Teeth. Rooster yeah. Teeth. Yeah. Rooster Teeth is I mean it's a
0: pretty big entity in the in the geek culture so It
1: is. It's really grown as, as a matter of fact. I think for one of the later seasons they uh, of Red versus Blue they actually had Elijah Wood come and do a guest voice. Oh. And uh, they're close friends with the Bare Naked Ladies, so, like, one of those dudes does a lot of work with them as well. Okay. And uh, there's a new show that they're working on, too, because they're also branching out into live action. They've had a couple of movies made now. Yeah,
0: that Laser Team or whatever, right?
1: La- yeah, Laser Team, yeah. Yeah. Which wasn't the greatest, but for, like, a couple of dudes that, like, aren't professional filmmakers and... <laughs> All of basically, it was made by all their friends. It's right. pretty good actually. I was like, it's not bad. It's
0: definitely it was it was on it's it was on YouTube Premium for a reason. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, I mean, is that something you're gonna watch?
1: Well, it worries me that it says that it's not based on any particular game. Um, the games after Bungie kind of sold the rights to Microsoft kind of took a dip in quality mm. as far as stories concerned. I mean, the graphics keep getting better and better but the story just keeps getting shallower and shallower even though they have a wealth of lore to dig through so i'm kind of worried what that means for what the stories will be like if especially if they're not based on any of the original games i mean there's so much you could focus on the fact that they mentioned master chief will be in them leads me to believe we probably won't be dealing too much with forerunner history um that being said i kind of hope that they do delve more into the lore stuff because that's what really makes Halo interesting. I mean, the locations are really cool. Uh, the politics with the Covenant, the whole religious philosophy about what's going on.
0: So how do you do the show with Master Chief in it when Master Chief doesn't talk? He does talk. He, uh, he does? I thought yes. he didn't.
1: He He's not like Gordon Freeman from Half-Life or the Doom guy or some of these other characters. During the regular game... Master Chief does not talk because you are the character. Right. But during cutscenes, he'll have conversations with other characters. Oh, okay. And in the books he's um he I mean, him and his other squad of Spartans definitely banter with each other and they all have different personalities. Master Chief is one of the more stoic characters for sure. Well yeah, he's and he sounds really cool too. Yeah, he's he's
0: isn't it a isn't it a famous pretty famous uh voice actor that does
1: i don't think so he sounds similar to like kevin conroy but he's he's not like well known
0: it's not it's not troy baker or something no like it's that. not it's not him no. david hater
1: no it's the, you're just running off the list of the usual suspects yeah <laughs> it's not phil lamar it's
0: not phil lamar all right fair enough yeah. oh, that's a
1: good question master chief is famously like So then maybe you just get a
0: stunt guy to to wear the the costume and then you have the guy who does the voice do the voice though.
1: You definitely could do that.
0: I mean, why not, right?
1: And I mean, you wouldn't want to look at them anyway because the way they describe their their, um, genetically augmented bodies, they're basically bald albinos with really like just years of facial scarring from combat wounds. And yeah, they're not attractive.
0: So the the guy who plays uh, Victor Zs on on Gotham, I don't know if you've ever seen that show. I haven't seen
1: what he looks like. I only remember the one from Batman Begins, and he didn't look that impressive. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, the, no, the one that yeah, the one in Gotham is exactly what you described, but like not muscular.
1: Oh no, yeah, these guys are like behemoths. No,
0: you should see a show called Banshee then, because there is a behemoth albino bald dude in that that Ooh. that tries to attack or does attack the main star in prison and stuff. So, and, and he, shall call him master chief. There you go. Fair enough. Uh, all right. So, uh, over in Warner brothers, they are making the birds of prey movie. They have picked a villain for the movie. Uh, it's going to be black mask. One of Batman's biggest villains. I think it's interesting that they went with black mask because he definitely is a, he's one of those, villains of batman's it's like this is what could have this is what bruce wayne could have became if he didn't become batman because he's got a very similar um backstory black mass does so it 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 kind of makes me think like hey the birds of prey are going up against batman kind of thing like he doesn't have the ninja capabilities like that but he, he is ruthless
1: so it's basically evil batman yeah yeah, I guess. So, who were the birds of prey exactly that'll be going up against them?
0: So, it, the ones that they've announced is going to be uh, there's going to be, well, Harley Quinn's going to show up because it's Margot Robbie's movie. Yeah. Uh, Black Canary. Um, Cassandra Kane, who pre Flashpoint was the, the latest Bat Girl, mm-hmm. but post Rebirth, she is called Orphan. She is still the daughter of Lady Shiva. And uh, and, uh, and uh, used to be assassin, but being reformed by Batman, kind of thing. Okay. Uh, Rene Montoya, who is the detective, you know, at one point pre Flashpoint, she was uh, the Question, also. But I don't know if they're gonna do that here or not. And then the, there's one more that they were. Oh, Huntress. So Helena Bart- Bartonelli and actually it says Helena Bartonelli doesn't say Huntress because once again, pre <laughs> pre Flashpoint, she's the Huntress. Post rebirth she was an agent of Spiral.
1: This or was that
0: New 52? It's not gonna have Oracle and it's not gonna have it's not gonna have Barbara, Barbara Gordon at all, which is so weird. Yeah. But that's because uh Batgirl's supposed to be getting her own movie. Ah. So I also think that it's gonna have a, a tie in with uh Gotham City sirens. Oh, at some point. So yeah. you're gonna have the birds of prey, and then you'll have the Gotham City Sirens which is Catwoman, Poison Hartley, Ivy. and Poison Ivy. Yeah. So, so that who they get to to play Black Mass, I think is gonna be the biggest or the biggest decision for that character. Seth Rogen. That's not gonna be good. <laughs> they're going to definitely need a serious actor for him. Yeah. Uh, Benedict Cumberbund. (laughs) Staying, staying in the Warner brothers movie universe. uh, They announced that they're going to have Supergirl as a movie. Now this, I think this is interesting because, you know, for the longest time, there's the whole, if there's going to be a TV show about the character, you know, there can't be a TV show about the character if they're going to make a movie. Mm -hmm. So like, you know the Suicide Squad TV show got pulled because they were going to make the Suicide Squad movie. Obviously, they allowed the Flash TV show to keep happening, even though they're going to have a Flash movie because the Flash TV show was already popular. Supergirl TV show is is somewhat popular, and now they're going to have a Supergirl movie. Uh, they they picked a writer. Uh, it's Oren Uzel or U- Uziel U uh, Z I E L. I believe that. Oren wrote uh, 22 Jump Street. So if you go off of that, you know, maybe we're doing a little bit more comedic. But that's kind of be it's to me that's kind of what I feel like the DC movies are doing now. They they want to do more comedic stuff. Uh, let's see. He's known as well for Mortal Kombat, 22 Jump Street, The Cloverfield Paradox and the in production of or the the production of the Sonic the Hedgehog that's in production right now that's what I was trying to say
1: hmm i'm not too terribly excited by that right <laughs> but, um i mean i'd love to see supergirl um I, I as as bad as it is i love the 1980 helen s- slater six version yeah helen <laughs> slater oh man that was like formative for me right there <laughs> and, like, helen slater supergirl
0: do you Light have movie, uh, well? Speaking of that, because I can't think of anybody other than Melissa Benoist right now for Supergirl. But do you have an idea of who you, you would think would make a good Supergirl in the movie?
1: Alexandra Daddario.
0: Okay, that was pretty quick. Yeah,
1: I want to <laughs> see her in everything. Actually, <laughs> I would love to see her more as Satana, to be uh, honest. Okay,
0: I can see her as Satana.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who would make a good Supergirl it would also have to be somebody that could do a good power girl
0: but she doesn't necessarily have to become a power girl
1: no well then i just want to see a really good power girl regardless <laughs> for reasons for
0: reasons yes uh fair enough i need this <laughs> i just assume that whoever they pick has got to be like an early 20 that can pull off a late teen like I I would think they're going to go that age. Maybe
1: they go a little bit older. And I'm far too old now to know who's, like, young and hot right now. Right, exactly. (laughs) I don't
0: watch any of the Nick shows or Disney Channel shows that would have those up-and-coming actresses. So, I I don't know. It could be, yeah, no, probably not her. Uh, And then last story, last story I have to talk about is the Russo brothers. They went on uh, the Avengers Twitter and answered a uh, tweeter's question. <laughs> uh, it's a Cody or at strange code 18 said now that the soulstone has been taken is Red Skull free to leave Vormir? And uh, the Russo brothers answered Red Skull is free to leave Vormir and he is also free to pursue his desire for an infinity stone. So, I mean, how does he leave that that planet, do you think? How would he get away from that planet?
1: Well, he seems like he's pretty incorporeal now, like he's like a Wraith basically. That's that's true. I didn't think about that. Maybe he maybe when he uh he picked up the time uh, the space uh the well, the Tesseract, okay. Maybe it infused him with a little bit of power and now he can kind of use that a little bit.
0: But but because of but because of the soul stone he was still he was stuck on that planet like he has the power of the tesseract but not able to leave
1: well like you know like you said he couldn't leave until the soul stone was claimed and now it's nothing's holding him there anymore and so now like maybe now he's got a little bit of that you know tesseract juice in him that he can now leave it like teleportingly I guess <laughs> and maybe um,
0: yeah. I don't know I mean I, that's interesting for them to throw that out there I doubt that there's any plans to have him do anything further in the movie but I have I, I, I have no clue I have no idea he might like from what it sounds like there might be a lot of time jumping in the next movie in Avengers 4
1: maybe that was just to say it as a way of like well wouldn't that just be a loose thread that you have like you know, a wraith red skull just kind of hanging out on this planet that's essentially now just empty. And they're saying, oh, well, like, he can leave now. And that's just to say yeah. he can go and technically he can go and do his own adventures now.
0: Yeah, that's what I was saying. I'm i saying they're, they're just giving out an answer. It doesn't mean that yeah. they're, they're actually going to use him right. or anything like yeah. that. Right, yeah, exactly. However, I could see that with the, the idea that there's a lot of time jumping happening in this next movie that you could have a scene where – you're gonna go back into Captain America's timeline, and he's gonna be fighting the Red Skull again in in World War II.
1: Like flashback.
0: Yeah, like a flashback, or 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 literal like someone's traveling through time, and just goes and sees it.
1: Dude, the next movie's gonna be so nuts.
0: It, I think it will be. <laughs> yeah. I think it's gonna be crazy. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I I'm still excited for the movie
1: yeah I want upste yeah definitely see yeah there's no question there
0: uh all right, that is all the geek news that we have to talk about today let is let's get into our episode of electric dreams, the hood maker. I don't know about this episode like it wasn't all the weird you know craziness that the last episode was, but like certain things didn't quite make sense to me.
1: See, and I really like this episode.
0: Okay, I, it's not that I didn't like the episode; I just don't understand it.
1: Well, let's uh, let's get into it. What is it that you have questions? Well, about? Well,
0: first thing I want to say is I I love the fact that Richard Madden was in it. I thought he was great. Oh yeah, or uh, Rob you know, Stark. Rob Stark. Yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, the, the like the the. The actress that plays um, Honor, mm-hmm. like she looks so familiar, but I did I looked up her IDB. and I didn't see anything that I noticed her from or I recognized her from. And then Richard Madden's like uh, boss in the episode, uh, like she looked familiar to me too. But she was like in maybe two episodes of Doctor Who, and I still don't, I don't, I couldn't picture who she was. But I thought it was, I thought that was interesting. So, okay, I guess the biggest thing, one of the biggest things for me is you know, at the end of the episode, when uh, it's revealed that Richard Madden's character has this ability to block out uh, she gets all upset. But I didn't understand why she's getting upset. He, it's just ability that he has. I mean, why should she be upset about that?
1: Um, because at that point, she realized that um, he was hiding something from her. And it turns out that
0: the thing that he was hiding is is an ability that he has just like she has an ability.
1: Well, no, no. Like, that was incidental. But, like, he was using that to hide the fact that, like, he was using her and was totally intending to just, like, play her the whole time. Okay.
0: But, see, then that's my other question because that's not how that scene went the, it, when we saw it the first time around. What we saw was she uh, – he says she because the, 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 his boss, the lady boss, says – it is out there and it's it's ready to go or whatever. And he goes, "It is a she. She's ready." And then when he opens up her his mind to her, the scene is played backwards, and the boss says, "She's it's a she. She's a, she's ready to go." And then Richard Madden's character literally looks right at the girl. So to me, he manipulated his his uh, memory to make it seem like he was the asshole.
1: No, I think he was manipulating his his. Let me rephrase that. Okay, so I think what she saw in that memory at the end was uh-huh. what really happened. But because he had the ability to block her, the first time she saw that or the first time it was played out... But that was just for our benefit. We weren't we weren't seeing it through her eyes the first time. But she was trying to read him. And I think that's the impression that she got is that that's what was happening on the other side where it was... He was somehow manipulating her perception of it so that she saw it that way where he was the one that was defending her and basically standing up to her, his boss on her behalf. If and that's
0: then, true, then it wasn't made clear to me because well, I, I mean, thought that was just what the actual scene was happening.
1: No, yeah, that was my interpretation of it. I could be wrong also. Maybe it did play out literally, and but that wouldn't make any sense why then it came out different where he was the asshole right. in, in like the memory that she sees later. That's what I'm saying. I could see why you'd be confused.
0: <laughs> now, d- so did they both end up dying there at the end?
1: No, I think he died. And I think she just kind of no, but there was, waited in. Well, out.
0: I guess the only w- way to get out was through that window. The, like, the camera pans out like past her, and then there's the window, and then you see the rest of the city kind of blowing up and burning anyways.
1: I thought it was just going through, like, a power failure or something.
0: Oh, I, I thought those were other explosions.
1: Well, yeah, they might have been, actually. But, no, yeah, I think it was just... Uh, a, I mean, the revolution had started, whatever that was.
0: Yeah, and the revolution is all these telepaths taking, you know, their freedom or whatever you want to call it, right?
1: Running amok, I guess. Well, yeah, they're, like, second-class citizens. They live in the ghettos. So they're they,
0: uh, Yeah, they're upheaving the... The bourgeois I don't know what you to call it <laughs> the bourgeoisie yeah
1: um the Politary, yeah. perhaps yeah so um I mean but they were also like treated like crap too like they were definitely being oppressed and the whole idea see th- this episode took some turns um
0: I want to say this this episode was definitely the most Blade Runner-ish episode
1: oh yeah I With mean actually, down
0: to his fucking outfit it looks just like Decker
1: it was very Blade Runner-y, which also had, and this has nothing to do with Philip K. Dick, but it also had a little bit of a semblance to uh, Dread with using of a partner that has psychic abilities. I was like, oh, that's kind of... Yeah,
0: strange. no, I, I, I felt the same way.
1: And then there was also like a little bit of a kind of reference to, um, to Total Recall, with the telepaths being a marginalized. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, facially deformed.
0: Yeah, they definitely, you get a you you get telepathic abilities when you were mutated or whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah, and they refer to them as mutants too at some point. Um, and they talk about how they were being experimented on, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there was definitely some very strong Blade Runner vibes. Uh, again, I really liked the production value on this one as well. I
0: did like the production value on this. The, I I did like the look.
1: The locations were really cool looking. Yeah, like I keep wondering, like where do they film these things? Like it's like are these places? <laughs> I would assume that, that was like a soundstage. Like Maybe, but
0: because it didn't seem like there was a lot of real set. Like, I mean, a lot of the background seemed like it was all CGI.
1: Well, yeah, interiors definitely could be sets, but like, I don't know. Just sometimes when they're outdoors, I'm like, where is this? this but
0: I was also like wondering about like because a lot of there was a lot of old technology. So is this supposed to be an like a alternate timeline kind of deal? Because it's definitely not the
1: future. I think so. Yeah, I think there was a uh, a sense of like. Retrofuturism in it with mm-hmm. um, the fact that they were using a film projector to look at like those records or whatever mm-hmm. and i think the the stuff they were watching was in black and white too i'm like man this is really quaint but at the same time it also feels like yeah like like yeah like it's not quite post-apocalyptic but there's definitely some kind of issue with like maybe resource management or something because uh the places where they live it looks like it's just like stories upon stories of buildings kind of stacked on each other and that big thing that we see at the end, like I couldn't tell if that was just like a hillside kind of environment or right. if it was like a large kind of tree-looking
0: yeah. city. I felt like it was like uh, like bringing up Dread. It's like, uh, you know...
1: Oh, like a Mega City 1 type building? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I felt
0: like it was. Uh, with, um... So, are, in the middle of the episode when they go to save that one telepath because she honors being called by her like that dude was being set up right
1: i believe so yeah yeah they made it it
0: seem like he was the the criminal in the whole thing but he she had taken over his mind yeah so i mean what was the okay so then what is the what's the beginning riot and then the ending of the movie have to do with each other because the beginning, right, is all about wanting the telepaths to be gone or not be used on them, right? Right. So where do, I mean, whose rights are we is is that's being impeded here? Like both sides.
1: Well, I guess the normal people—I forget what they're called—don't um, like that psychics can look into their minds, and she, Honor. Uh, And that opening scene when she's saying like she's reading the minds of the different people kind of passing by that are protesting. Mm -hmm. And she's calling them out like, oh, this person's just frustrated and uh, doesn't know how to take it out. So this is like the cost that gives them like some sense of purpose. Oh, this person's only here because their boyfriend is here and they don't really know what's going on. And like so on and so on. So that's one of the reasons why those people are pissed because there's people out there that can do that. And as we saw the way that she used her powers on that one guy that they were interrogating later, like, she, like, violated his mind, like, really bad. Like, mm-hmm. like he looked like he was traumatized afterwards from all of that.
0: Bringing up the fact that he was attracted to his mother and stuff. Yeah,
1: like, his whole edible thing. And then, like, then on the other hand, you have the other guy, uh, the older man, that was at, like, that brothel, I guess, or some weird place where he was forcing or paying the that one psychic to read to like recollect his dreams for him and it was like this horrible dream too of like hurting or raping somebody and um, like he was getting off on it I was like yeah that's that's the good stuff that's what I was dreaming about yeah I'm like that's crazy and I guess it was all basically like just a power struggle of like these people have power, but they're trying to get oppressed by the ones that don't have the power because they don't like how powerless it might make them feel. It just became like too much. It was like basically a melting pot that, you know, you have two clear sides and eventually one side's going to break and, you know, fight back. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what happened.
0: So then, you also have uh, the quote-unquote hood maker, the the guy who's making these hoods that uh, essentially block out the telepath's ability to read, read somebody. Yeah. But he was also the head of the program that created Richard Madden's character's abilities.
1: Yeah. Well, they were experimenting on. Um, I guess they said that they were running like two experiments at once. One to see. How they could use psychic ability and another to see if they could block it or whatever. So he just ended up being on the other side of it.
0: And the thing was is that he kept saying, oh, he's the weapon. He's the ultimate weapon against you. It's like, it's not a weapon. It's more of a defense, right? It's not. I mean, how do you use that offensively?
1: I think it was basically just that. It was just to show that they could. But see, it seems really self-defeating. It's like, I'm going to make a sword, but I'm also going to make a shield. Now I'm gonna put them against each other. I mean, like, (laughs) well, then clearly you shouldn't be making one or the other. (laughs) Just focus on the one.
0: Yeah. Uh, So then I guess the big question then at the end is: the does Agent Ross, which is Richard Madden's character, does he actually love Honor?
1: You know what? I I can't say for sure. No. I don't. I I the optimist in me would like to believe that he really meant it. That he did love her. After a while. Um, but I can't blame honor for not trusting him after all of that, that went down. Cause I mean, he basically flat out lied to her.
0: Yeah, but that's burning to death. Is that a proper, you know, punishment for lying?
1: Hey, there's some things you can't come back from.
0: Uh, all right. Fair <laughs> enough. I, I mean, uh, I mean, is there anything else about this episode you want to talk about?
1: no, this was a pretty straightforward it's episode. It's a very straightforward episode. I just, I just
0: didn't think it was, it just didn't speak to me as much.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just liked it for the fact that it wasn't just, like I said, the the weirdness of the last episode. But um, I definitely liked it just because it was because it was simpler. Uh, but I still enjoyed the way that the story was told mm-hmm. with uh, the visuals, the environment, the acting was pretty good. Whatever, whoever that actor was that played on her, I liked her a lot in it.
0: Well, here let me let me tell you. It's uh, uh holiday holiday Granger. Yeah.
1: Uh, and like, what kind of things has she been in? Like so, any other famous shows? And
0: yeah, that's why I said like I I went through her IMDb. I didn't really recognize her from anything. Uh, I guess she was in the the Cinderella 2015 Cinderella. Um.
1: 2016. Fifteen. Cinderella. Fifteen Cinderella. Yeah,
0: the one with uh, Elle Fanning as Cinderella.
1: Huh, I wonder who she played in that.
0: She played Anastasia.
1: Uh, is that one of the sisters? I don't
0: know. I think Probably. it's one of the sisters. Uh, let's see, My Cousin Rachel. Nope. Uh, the Finest Hours, that that had Chris Penn in it. Maybe that's where I, I remember her from. Uh, Lady Chatterley's Lover, 2015, which also had Richard Madden in it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, she was in, oh, that's where I know her from, Bonnie and Clyde. She was in the Bonnie and Clyde, Miniseries that had, um, oh, what's that? The, the speed racer, oh, that actor's Emil name, Hirsch? Daniel. Yeah, Emil Hirsch. Thank you. Uh, she's in the Borgias. She played Luce Lucrezia Borgia. Uh, she was in a version of the Great of Great Expectations, Anna Karenia uh, Jane Eyre, something called Five Daughters, above 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 Suspicions, the Scouting Book for Boys. Robin Hood. So she was in the TV series Robin Hood, uh, a TV series called Demons, Waking the Dead, Merlin. She's. I mean, she's got quite quite a bit of uh, IMDb. It goes back to 1994.
1: She reminded me a little bit of uh, the female lead from Ready Player One, that had that. Oh yeah. Birthmark okay. over her face. Maybe that's just because of the birthmark, though. Yeah, that's that's basically what it kind of reminisced. Me about. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I liked it. It wasn't the greatest episode of the season so far, but it wasn't as weird and bad as the last one. Right. Which, and eh, to be fair, it wasn't bad. Just it's it was just, just, just so w- weird. Yeah, it's just I strange. I can't even and, heads or tails of and it. And you
0: have no idea what. What you're supposed to get at the end of that yeah.
1: one. Yeah. So. I was like, is, is so is he a good guy? Is he a victim? Like what happened? Yeah, exactly. See, what? we're still talking about that episode. Yeah, even though episode. we're on to the next episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, at least it stays with you.
0: So uh, five episodes in out of ten, uh, how are you feeling about this show?
1: Uh, just uh. I'd say Man, has it been five episodes already? Yeah. I'd say three out of five ain't bad so far. So that's
0: the passing grade. Yeah, so far. All right. Then we got more five more episodes to go after this. Uh, If you want to get a hold of me and talk to me about this episode or other show, other news topics we talked about, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Michipedia G-E-R. Josh, Josh. John is also on Twitter as. I am at Magic Bollocks. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram. Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page. And geekleetradio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geekly Radio website. Or on the Geekly Radio Network. (laughs) But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geekly Radio Network saying, always remember to geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.